Now after the Sabbath, at the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. For fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Lo, I have told you. So the women departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Hail. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the close of the age. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. An earthquake, while most people were still in bed. Now that would be shocking, wouldn't it? Two women visiting a grave as the ground shook. The flash of lightning, though there was no storm, it was actually an angel of the Lord with this glorious message. Don't be afraid. Jesus isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Matthew takes us through his gospel to that morning when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was raised. He describes that Sunday morning, and we hear, and I hope and pray that we all learn more about the purpose, the power, and the promise of Easter. That's what we're going to think about this morning. The women were already up at sunrise, weren't they? They'd gotten out of bed extra early for a purpose, and it wasn't to get up and make breakfast for the family like some of you ladies. They were up bright. They were up early for one reason. Together they wanted to go to the tomb, the grave, where Jesus had been buried. This should not surprise us. Some of you have done this. Many people today who are deeply grieved by the death of a friend or loved one go to the cemetery, go to the tomb, go to the columbarium to pay their respects, to sit and weep, to remember the good times, to offer a prayer. Make no mistake, these women set out to visit a grave, the grave of Jesus. That was their purpose. It was their plan. But God had a different plan, did he not? 
God changed things that morning. He changed everything. The women went to visit a tomb, but God had a higher purpose for them. They saw Jesus. He talked with them. They became ambassadors of God with good news to share. And that wasn't what they had in mind that morning. They were sent to tell disciples that the grave can't hold Jesus. He's alive. He's been raised. And so when you think about it, these women were really the first Easter preachers. They were the first to proclaim the gospel message. The Lord had a plan and a purpose for them. It was not what they had in mind when they got out of bed that morning. Because you see, God always changes things for the better. He changed their plans. He changed their lives with a purpose. God wants you to have a higher purpose to your life. Your Father in heaven wants the power of his love and the good news of a risen Savior to be at work in you. And just like those first women at the tomb, God's purpose for you may involve some changes. It may require some alteration in your plans and priorities. Paul says it requires nothing less than dying and rising with Jesus. You are here, so am I. And I hope that you're here because you want, you need, you recognize that there's some things that only God can give us. We need what Jesus has won for us through the resurrection. Life that has meaning, eternal meaning. Life that has purpose, godly purpose. Life that no longer needs to fear getting older or dying someday. God wants you to have a life that begins now and continues with Christ forever. You see, for those in Christ, eternal life doesn't begin when some coroner declares you dead. Eternal life begins when you are united with Jesus in a death like his and raised up in faith in a resurrection like his. So God wants your life to be purposeful. Not tomorrow, not next year, not when you've finally taken care of all those personal priorities on your bucket list. God wants the whole bucket to be shaped by his love and lordship. God wants you to live with him and for him starting now. That's his priority. This is his purpose for your life. And the same God who calls you to a purpose has the power to make it happen. Now, Matthew tells us about this raw, awesome power that was unleashed that first Easter morning. The earth quaked with so much energy that even highly trained Roman soldiers who knew that they were to stand tall and obey orders no matter what, started shaking and fell to the ground. If you've ever used the expression, I was scared to death, then you know how those soldiers were feeling. But the quaking earth was nothing compared to the power unleashed when life was victorious over death. We're talking resurrection power. Our God is a God of power. But the most powerful thing that took place that Easter morning was not the trembling of the earth or the appearance of lightning. It was the conquering of hell itself. Jesus defeated the evil one. Life defeated death. Love triumphed over hatred. The power of sin lost to the power of God's grace. 
The grave could not contain the mighty love of God and the perfect life of Jesus. So we should ask ourselves, by what power are we living these days? In other words, what is the controlling force? What is the motivating power in your life and your choices and your goals? What impresses you? What gets your attention? Are you, like so many, just infatuated by the rich and powerful of this world? Do the celebrities who are here today and gone tomorrow determine what you wear, how you think, what diet you're going to try next, what car you think you should be driving? You see, the power of God's love and the life of Jesus never go out of style. What God did that first Easter morning surely, truly happened in history. It really happened in time. But what the Lord has done for you is timeless. Easter is a victory of life and love that extends to each and every generation. And God wants you to join that holy apostolic train marching into eternity itself with Christ leading our way. You may have, for all I know, many worldly resources. Wherever you live, whether it's here in Albuquerque or some other place, you may be a shaker and a mover in your hometown. You may know all the right people in all the right places. But here's the gospel reality. Without Jesus, your life and my own will someday sputter and stop. It will come to a complete halt. It's called death. And in order for you to get ready for that day, and it is surely coming, you need the power. You need the power of God's love at work in you. And the Easter message is that it is fully available to all in Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you so you could deal with death now, not someday, and get it behind you. Your Savior doesn't want you to be taken by surprise when death comes your way. He wants you to face it head on now so that you can get on with living the real life, the true life he wants for you now. That's why he died on the cross for you. And it brings us to this promise that is given at Easter. Think about the words of Christ before his crucifixion. Jesus told his disciples, he promised them that he would rise on the third day. He told the crowds, he told the women, he told the men over and over again, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to suffer and die, and on the third day I will be raised. He did what he said he would. He kept his promise. Jesus said he would rise, but the women seemed to have forgotten. They were going to visit the grave. Maybe they doubted the promise. Maybe the promise just seemed too good, too wonderful to be true. Remember, Matthew tells us they got up early to visit the grave. They didn't go expecting to see the risen Christ. Jesus said he would go ahead of his disciples and meet them in Galilee. He did. And those first disciples seemed to have forgotten the promise of a third-day resurrection as well. They'd been hiding out behind closed doors in the shadows, scared to death, afraid they would be next to be given a cross. They'd forgotten the promise, it seems. Many people today doubt the love of God. Many people among us don't know if his promises can be trusted. And I think we know the reason why. 
Many people have experienced such pain, so much loss, such betrayal and disappointment, and it causes them to feel more than unlucky. Those things can make a person feel alone, unloved, insignificant. So maybe life has caused you to doubt that there's meaning to it. Maybe your experiences, surely known to God, make you question whether you are known by a Father in heaven who loves you and will never let you go. Eugene Peterson is a pastor, and Peterson devoted a big chunk of his life to paraphrasing the Bible in colloquial English that it might reach a new generation. And this is his translation of Romans 8 in that version of the Bible called The Message. Listen to these words. God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, exposing himself to the worst by sending his son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? No way. No trouble. No hard times. No hatred. Not hunger. Not homelessness. No bullying threats. No backstabbing. None of this phases us because we know Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic, demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. A holy purpose, awesome power, and eternal promise. They were all part of that first Easter morning, and they are part of Easter today. God is still at work in the world. You see, Jesus was raised from the dead, which means he is alive. He is real. He's not just a figure from history. He's not just a good guy from long ago who lived a holy life. He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. He is the crucified and risen Christ. He is alive, and he wants to give your life purpose by the power of his resurrection and the promise of an eternity with him. So remember those last words of Jesus that Matthew recorded for us. Last words are lasting words, and in Jesus' case, they are truth. They are grace. They are mercy. Jesus said, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you always. Would you pray with me? Lord God, you know us completely. There's nothing about us, our life, our past that's hidden from you. You know everything there is to know about us, and yet you love us. You sent Jesus to die for us. You raised him from the dead for us so that we can have real meaning and purpose in our lives Lord, we want our time on earth to count, and we want it to count for you. So give us the will and the power to serve you each day. Give us the faith we need to trust your promises, even when life is hard and there's so much confusion and doubt, not just around me, but even within me. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord, our friend, 
our risen Savior. Amen.